Hi, Wanaki friends. Welcome to a bonus episode of Big Red Farmhouse, a podcast brought to you by Wanaki, a summer camp and retreat center in the Lakes region of New Hampshire. We're your hosts, Shannon Drew, Amelia Luke, and Nicole Richards. Today, we are honoring mothers. Each of the three of us had our starts at Wanaki with our moms, and we wanted to find a way to thank them for bringing us to this special place that means so much to each of us. We interview our moms and ask them to share memories about their Wanaki experiences. We hope you enjoy. Up first, Amelia talks with her mom, Melissa Luke. So the first question I'll ask is if you could introduce yourself and tell um, us how you got to go to Wanaki for the first time. All right. I am Melissa Luke. and. Wanaki came to us through our church in Merrimack, but I grew up going to a church camp very similar to what Wanaki was. So when we heard about Wanaki, I was very excited for my kids to be able to do this. And there were a few other kids in the church that did this, but it wasn't, it was a very small church. So it wasn't like when I grew up, it was 10 or 12 of us going to church camp together the same week. So you had your own little group of people. Um, So I think we started going to you and me, you and me, Amelia, started going to you and me in (laughs) 2003 when you were four years old. That was the earliest you could go. And I totally took advantage of that. And we did three days together. And that was the beginning. The rest is history. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Interview over. Um, I remember not wanting to go the first summer. Do you remember that? I do. I remember I do like remember kicking and screaming on the couch and saying, if we don't go, then someone else is going to have lost the opportunity to go. So you have to go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I remember saying you have to. Well, maybe I did because we committed. Right. I- Part of me just knew that it would be really fun. And I I think it was just a new experience. I think sometimes when I look back at your younger years, you were very apprehensive where now you are not. And Mm -hmm. I do think that a lot of that can be contributed to your Wanaki experience because maybe the first year at four, you didn't, you weren't like, you didn't leave after those three days and talk about it all year until the next summer. But when it came around the next summer, I don't remember any apprehension at all. Do you? No, no, no. I don't think so. And then the excitement every year after that, that you did, it just got bigger and bigger next year, next time. When can we, you know, when can I go again? And I just remember getting the catalog, the Wanaki little catalog, in the mail and it was so fun to like see what course you know what the themes for the weeks that you wanted to go and sometimes it was so hard to decide and I think I let you go a couple weeks one or two summers and then there was always a thing about your brother do we go together or do we not do is this is this my week and it's all about me or do I have to share this with my brother we shared many summers at Wanaki together. You did. You did. Yeah, that was something we were decent at sharing, perhaps. Did you like to send us both at the same time? Yes. 
Well, we could do something. We'd go, you know, your dad and I would go and spend time together and then we'd pick you up and, and the stories. I mean, one of the, one of the things I always remember saying when, when you started inviting friends with you, cause you, you loved your camp so much that you shared it with all your friends. So every year there might be a different friend or maybe the same friend going with you. And my only thing was I had to pick you up from camp, even if I didn't need to, because I had to hear the stories. It could not wait until you got home because then you had already told them once and it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. So the excitement after a week of camp was, I mean, that was just the best hour and 15 minute ride home to hear all about what you did. Um, so yeah, I always wanted to pick you up. <laughs> That's the best. That was, yeah. I remember you'd pick us up and we would go to the gas station and get um, milkshakes. Yes, always tradition. And before, I think one of the reasons when, when you were little, one of the things we did was we got an ice cream. Do you remember the little ice cream place Mm -hmm. right before you turned onto um, the road to Wanaki, there was a little ice cream stand for many, many years. And that was like, okay, we're going to get ice cream before we go to camp. So even if you were nervous, it was like, well, who doesn't want ice cream? That's exciting. Yeah. But I don't remember any nerves after, after you got there and got, it was just like the easiest thing for you to acclimate and make friends. And Wanaki does that. It's amazing. I mean, as a mom, I remember one of the things I do remember thinking, and I I probably never told you this. It's kind of funny. Um, I watched all those counselors and I watched how they interacted with each other. And they always lined up before meals and they hugged and they always had so much fun singing the silly songs and they looked like they had been best friends forever. And I remember thinking, this is, this, this is really, this can't really be what it is. Like they're just pretending like this, because it didn't matter if you were the first week or the last week, you never got a sense that these kids were tired. They weren't it never showed that they had just sang, you know, fire on the mountain for the thousandth time that summer. And um, I just remember thinking, wow, these kids are really special. And I don't know what Mm -hmm. year you said this, maybe you do, but you said to me, I'm going to be a counselor. I'm going to have, and I think it was when Kiara. Kiara. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was when she was your counselor, you were so enamored with her. You just hung onto her. I have pictures of you like holding her hand and walking away. And I was like, what about me? I'm your mom. (laughs) And then yeah, Jillian was really a special counselor. And there was just so many people and you were like, I'm doing this. I'm being a counselor. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Amelia. Yeah. But yep. And here you are. And here I am. Yeah, it's it's it is weird to think that I, I don't have any recollection of saying that I wanted to be a counselor that young I honestly don't remember actively thinking about wanting to be on staff until Nicole was my counselor in survival camp like in early like 2010 or 11 Mm -hmm. but I'm sure I said it before that I just don't remember yeah you did yeah (laughs) it was fun and it was fun to see those friendships kind of you know you might not talk to them all year 
I think you might have maybe done a little pin piling with a couple of them early on, but then yes. it was, you would just get right back into it, you know? A, yeah, pick up where you left off. Mm -hmm. Special place for that, for sure. Um, the other thing um, that as a parent that I loved to see was giving up of electronics. So when we got to the point where you had the cell phone, it was so nice to know that you were going to be a week without that. And even though I think it was hard, maybe, or maybe not as much for you as maybe with your brother, I remember hearing you both say, definitely Jacob say, it's so nice not to have that pressure of the phone and the social media and that it's so nice to just give it up mm -hmm. for a week and know that that's not a distraction that anybody had. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, as I got older, it was much better. I remember in the younger years being like, oh, I can't wait to go lay in front of the TV when I get home. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, as I got older, I definitely appreciated that a lot as well. Cause there's so much to do. You really don't miss it. No, no. And that's the other thing, those counselors. I mean, I, I do remember just being so appreciative of the energy that they always had and the fact that there were so many, and this is going to you and me with you and your brother for so many years, um, sometimes multiple times in a summer, once with you and once with Jacob. I appreciate all that Wanaki did to keep kids busy so that they weren't looking for the TV or their electronics or they weren't necessarily well they were probably homesick but you were so busy you could hardly even be homesick there were so many things planned and so many experiences and yeah so. definitely what is like one or a couple like memories that you have that like stick out to you as like fun times that as a you and me camper because you got to experience Wanaki in full I did. Yeah. So we, um, <laughs> when Lynn and Norm did you and me, we made up a song, the, the moms and the dads that year made up a song to YMCA and we did CAMP and we wrote it on poster board. So everybody in the dining hall could, could, you know, read and sing with us. Um, I don't know what happened to those poster boards. It's kind of sad because I think they're, they didn't last very long. Um, but that was really fun because we sat around, we played games when you kids went to bed, mm -hmm. um, which was really fun. I learned a lot of games from Lynn and Norm <laughs> that I still play. Cinco was one of them. And, um, and we sat around and we thought of all new words to the YMCA that went along with Camp Wanaki. It was so fun. That is fun. It's fun to stay at the CAMP. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if I could sing any, I uh, I would, but you don't want that on your podcast, I'm sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody right. wants no, to hear that. No singing on a podcast. <laughs> that was definitely a good, that was a good memory that sticks out. I loved, you know, one of the things I, I think that does, one of the things that I feel you kids really benefited from, and probably every kid, is just the sense of the things that you did that the counselors did to get everyone talking 
and giving feedback. So I, a couple of years, there were these little, there's probably a name for them, the little brown bags and you would write things about people. Oh, like happy bags? Paper plates or something. So you, you would write nice things about yeah. someone or something. But no, I don't know that anyone knew who wrote it, but then we sat around the campfire and people would read. Mm-hmm. Right. Was there a, did, did you call that something? Uh, I, I don't know. We, we still do that sometimes, but yeah, you like had them by your door and you put little notes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they have a specific name, but yeah. Yeah. But you know, honestly, the feedback you get from that and the, and this, and the feeling of inclusion and the feeling of, you know, I'm really, um, liked for who I am. Mm Yeah, I, I feel like Wanaki did such a good job of come to camp, be yourself, and there's no judgment. Yeah, that's true. I also um, think all the, the little warning watch stories, you know, um, I can see where Wanaki has definitely played a really big role in both you and Jacob's faith mm-hmm. and how that looks to you and how you've acted on that over the years and um, the morning watch and you know maybe the you know the songs after breakfast lunch and dinner are fun and silly but there were some serious ones and then there was the ones down you know by the water and they were maybe more serious and more and just all of those things that you know, you don't experience that church on Sunday morning or even in youth group or so I, I think that's really not don't know if I can pinpoint one of those yeah. memories just overall the morning watch and the some of the more special songs. Do you have a favorite Wanaki tradition? I did love the Friday night Alleluia because we didn't do them the first several years because we only went through probably Wednesday mm-hmm. so we never got to see them so I think I only might have had two years of those when you did full mm-hmm. maybe we did half weeks at the end of the week I think I only got to experience that twice but um I loved that tradition I thought that was um that was great yeah that is a really good one um well I also I mean, this, this might be out of order at this point, but you have two nieces who go to Wanaki. So you've kind of get, gotten to watch the next generation of Wanaki campers grow up at camp. And obviously I've been on staff and like, what's that been like for you? Like, do you see the same sort of thing happening with, with them that you did with Jacob and I? I do because um, after they come back from camp, the excitement about telling all the stories and the things that happened. And then also in, you know, February and March when the weeks come out and the excitement about which one am I going to go to and which one. And of course they're really way more hooked in at, at a young age with probably their friends all year being able to text or email or whatever. But I think the excitement of which week am I going to get to go to? And can I go to two weeks this year? And 
Um, I think they would go every week, honestly, if they could. Um, so I think the excitement of that, um, it is, it is just, it just proves it's just a really special, it's a special place. It is. And it's the people that make it so. It is the people. Otherwise, it's just a place in the woods. Nothing too special about those cabins. Right. Um, awesome. Well, the last question that we ask all of our guests, hopefully you saw this on the little sheet that I sent you, is what is one life lesson that you learn at Wanakee? Oh, you know that because you listen to all the episodes because you're an avid listener. I am an avid listener, of course. Um, I think it is important, you know, when you're at Wanakee and you are without electronics and you're without TV and you are doing the little things like playing tag in the field, which isn't something you probably do at home. Those little moments, it's, it's good to keep those little moments with you all, all year. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath and I don't know, stop taking life so seriously. Right. Sometimes you just have to get down on the floor like what's that song? Oh, that you- I want to. Yeah. Uh, let me see your cockroach. Yes. And I'll never forget the first time. And every single kid got down on the floor of the dining hall. And I was like, oh, that's probably not very clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just it makes you like lighten up. But every that's the other thing about Wanaki too that I saw. Not you as much as your brother, but kids that are shy and maybe a little more reserved you if you aren't participating in all of that fun and silliness you're the minority I mean the everybody gets into all the fun and the silly and the crazy and you know they all get down on their back to be a cockroach like without hesitation you know, I just yeah it really is and nobody's judging again like there's the um, well, if you didn't get down on your back and do the cockroach, then you might be judged. I mean, you know, you got to go with the, <laughs> you got to go with the fun and the silly and the, and the counselors are just, we're always so good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They teach you that in training. There's a whole lesson on how to be a cockroach in boom, chicka, boom, or no, it's, it's, let me see your funky chicken. Let, that's right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And a long time since I've heard that one. <laughs> Well, maybe you'll just have to go back to camp. Maybe. Yeah. You could, you could direct or volunteer. You could. You, you could. Nothing's stopping you. Well, I want to say thank you for bringing me to Wanakee, even though I cried about going the first time. I can't imagine what my life would be without camp. So thank you. Well, you cried a lot of years when I picked you up. There was a lot of tears shed and a mm. lot of a lot of time standing in front of the rec hall, hugging and not wanting to actually leave. <laughs> and then those poor counselors who just wanted their, their day off. 24 hours off were like, go, please go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, lots of tears when you were leaving. True. Yes. Good tears. Happy tears. Yeah. Next, I talk with my mom, Susan Drew. Hi, mom. Hi, Shannon. (laughs) 
So to start, why don't um, you tell us just a little bit about like how you found Wanaki and what our like Wanaki history is? Okay. We started going to Milford UMC in 1996, and then shortly thereafter, Pastor Tom Getchelacy came to our church, and of course, he has a long history at Wanaki. And we had the great camp boosters, Carrie Lynn Kimner and Nancy Tong, who also have a great history at Wanaki, between the three of them. They got all of us at church excited to go to camp and told us all the things that we needed to know, and we had other friends that were going, so we wanted to go too. Yeah. In that first year, first year we went the summer after I was in kindergarten. Right. And we went to you and me and my older sister, Leslie, must have been in third grade. Going into third, I think. Right. And so she went to Mammal Mania, which was a half week at that point, too. Mm -hmm. So we were there at the same time because when I was little and I went to summer camp, I had gotten a little homesick. So I was worried about. This would be the first time that um, Leslie had been away from home for any extended amount of time, and I, I was worried if she got homesick, which I didn't need to be worried about because she loved camp and could have stayed there all summer, and that would have been fine. <laughs> I think she thought we were cramping her style to be there at the same time and um, wouldn't look at us, and we couldn't get very many pictures of her. Um, that, that was really was, funny. That was the year of her... Um little pink tracksuit yes. that she would wear and she would put the hood on so you couldn't see her not only did she put the hood on but she would tie it so you could only see a little bit of her face <laughs> because she did not want to see us i think that leslie loved camp from the beginning she did right away from right away that first year i think oh I, she said i'm gonna work here and then um we would pay for a week of camp and then Leslie would do things around the house um, to earn money to pay for a second week of mm -hmm. camp. So she went for several summers, two weeks, one that we paid outright for and one that she said she earned. Um, and so that was kind of neat that that meant so much to her. And then um, the first year that she applied for camp, and it seemed like it seemed like they told you later in the year that you got the job. I mean, it seems like now that you're that you're on staff, you know earlier that you're going to be on staff. I, I so. feel like it was closer to the summer, and um, she got the the news that um, she was going to get to be a counselor. And then the the very following Sunday, uh, Mike Moore, who was the director then, came to our church, Milford UMC, to do a Wanaki Sunday. And I said, Mike. Thank goodness that you hired Leslie, or it was going to be a very sad time around my house. <laughs> and he just laughed. Um, but yeah, she was thrilled to be on staff, and we were all thrilled. And I have to say, I did not realize how tough a job you counselors have until the two of you started started working there. I didn't realize how much training you had, all these procedures, all the things that you know. Um, because when I was there as you at, as a you and me camper. It just seems so natural. Oh, we go to the dining hall and we eat and then we go for a hike and then we go and we swim. And it was just so easy. And I had no idea what the work was behind it. And then, of course, when I was directing um, as a volunteer director. So anybody that's thinking maybe I'll be a volunteer director, you should do it. Because number one, the counselors do all the hard work. <laughs> you get to do all the fun work, which is, you know, planning some fun things and hang out with the kids but the counselors they do all the, the really hard work and I I really had no idea how uh, how much you guys work and it's it's amazing you guys are cool 
I love you, counselors. Hmm. You're welcome. I don't have a lot of memories of that first year that we went to you and me, but I remember two things. I remember it was a Wednesday arrival, and my dad had been working in Manchester at the time, and we went to see him before we left, right? And <laughs> we then did. we were late. And also it was raining, right? Right. And we got lost because, you know, I always get lost all the time. <laughs> so so we actually got to Wanaki late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it was raining. Right? And it was raining. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then I also remember that we had a cookout on Friday night. And because it was Friday night and we would miss Friday night, like pizza in the dining hall, we made campfire pizzas. And I think it was raining again and we it made was. them inside. Yes, it was. And that was funny. I remember that because I thought that big frying pan that you guys use was so big and heavy. And we were there again with the Getcha Lacey's, but it was Wendy. And Wendy was carrying that around. I was like, Wendy, would you put that thing down before you drop it on you? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, of course, it doesn't seem like it was so big, but that was the first year and everything. I don't know. It was like being a little kid. I thought it was bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but Wendy was a lot of fun. We went when we were there that first year. And um one of the things I remember that was so funny is we went to Monkey Island and she was in another canoe and she kept smacking her her um oar in the water, like starting a water fight with us. And I thought that was really funny. That's but funny. um Yep. Yeah. And so So the next year I went to you and moved my dad and then we went back the year after that. And we went to You and Me on the Hill, which Mm -hmm. is a program that used to run at Wanakee and we haven't done in quite a while where you would stay in the cabins instead of in the rec hall. Mm -hmm. Right. What did you think of the cabin experience? Um, Well, I preferred preferred being in the rec hall in those days because there was no shower house up there yet. And we had to use the latrines, which I was not a fan of. For a couple of reasons. And the other thing was I got lost um, in the middle of the night one night going to the latrine uh, or coming back from the latrine. And um, it felt like forever that I was out there wandering around, but I'm sure it was only like a minute. (laughs) Um, But one of the other funny things about that story was um, I got to come back to Wanaki in 2018 and 2019 as a director for um, Little Kids Camp. And so I was up on the hill the first night or the first day helping the kids move into their um, cabins. And I was standing in front of our cabin that we had stayed in. And mm-hmm. it was the, I think it was site two of the lower cabin. I think and so. from there, you can see the latrine. And I was like, oh, get out of here. That's where the latrine <laughs> was. I hadn't remembered that it was so close to the cabins. I was, it was just in my mind that I had been wandering the woods for hours, you know, like, <laughs> which obviously didn't happen. So I said to the kids, the girls that were there with me, I said, can you see the latrine? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we can see it. I said, I got lost when I was here with Shannon. And they thought that was so hilarious that I would have gotten lost in the woods. But the other thing was, then they always made sure if I was up on the hill to take my hand and lead me back to wherever we were going to make sure I wasn't lost. So in some ways, it was a funny icebreaker because the kids like to take turns making sure I never got lost again. It's very sweet. It was sweet. Yeah, so... We went to you and me, and then I went to camp by myself for Mm -hmm. a while, and then Leslie started working at camp in Mm -hmm. 2015, I think, and then you volunteered in 2018, and you directed Nature Navigators. Right. Um, Do you want to talk more about about Nature Camp, and do you have any favorite memories from those two weeks? 
Well, I really liked Nature Camp, um, even though I know nothing about nature, um, because it's second and third graders who are my favorite. I like I like the younger crowd because I'm kind of goofy and they think that's okay. <laughs> they don't think I'm a weirdo, and they're very loving. I just you know love to watch the little kids. Um, it, the first week I was there, um, I had two campers. And their parents had taken me aside to say, you know, this is my child's first time at camp and I'm a little nervous that they're going to be afraid. And, and so, I, you know, I was okay. You know, I, it was my first year directing. So I wanted to make sure I watched these two little campers to make sure and um, that they would be okay. But it was funny, you know, when you first get to Wanaki, you sit at the tables and you make your name tags, mm-hmm. say goodbye to your parents. And by the time that they were done making their name tags, these two little campers were chatting up. And all of a sudden, one little camper hugged the other little camper. And I thought, that is so sweet. And I wished, you know, wished we could tell the parents that they were fine. Um, but we had fun. Another thing that we did the first year is I had only brought one pair of binoculars that we could look, and we would all take turns, and the kids were good about that. But we were standing, what's the name? Where were we? At Lookout? We were at Lookout. So we're standing up at Lookout, and we were, and the kids had kind of lined up so they could use the binoculars, and I thought they were going to look for wildlife. Oh, no. There was a house on the hill across from us, and they were looking, and they're trying to look in the windows using their binoculars. And then some of them were, like, sticking their tongues out in case the people on that side were looking back at us. It was really funny, and they were making faces. But we had a lot of fun with that. And, um, and of course, then we went to uh, Squam Lake, which was just a riot, looking at the animals and what have you. I'm trying to think of what was good, what was the memorable thing from second week, but um, I can't remember. But the other great part about uh, when I directed both times is the first time I got to direct with you, which yeah. was a lot of fun. And the second week I got to direct with um, Phoebe Winders, yeah. who, who I had been to camp with twice. So, uh, and you had known. Yeah. Okay. Good. I want to mention my other counselors, too. First year, we had a lot of fun with Amelia Harding, who came over from England, mm-hmm. loved her. Marcel and the little boys, we had six little boys, had the Cool Dudes Club. And he would say, come on, Cool Dudes, and snap! They would all be right behind him in line. So that was fun. Both years, I had Doris, who must be our longest volunteer at camp. Well, She's probably. great. And then second year, we had Andrew and Rose and Phoebe. So love my counselors. Yeah. I didn't counsel nature navigators that second year, but I'd been involved with the second and third grade week, both in 2018 and 2019. And what I always thought was kind of fun about that week is that it's the same week that um, survival is there. Right. And so like sometimes all of survival is like all out doing some something. So you like, it'll just be like your one little site and maybe another little site in the dining hall. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was fun. That was fun. Well, that was funny the first year that we did it. And, um, uh, we had Grace Songs and Dishes that day when there was nobody in the dining hall but us. And our kids had done uh, Pizza Man, which I love. And not everybody loves Pizza Man. But they were so great at Pizza Man that everybody was talking about it. Um, survival, the Survivor kids had t- said, you know, they missed it. So they had them do it again another day in front mm-hmm. of all the big kids. And my little kids were like, oh, wow. Because, you know, Survivor has high school kids. Yeah. But they got right up there and they led... Um, yeah. pizza man in front of all the kids and those are some of my favorite pictures of like that entire summer is those little kids leading pizza man they're so cute oh man they were so funny well a funny memory from the second week was the talent show mm-hmm. 
And uh, we had two girls who got up. One girl wrote her own song and performed Mm -hmm. that. That was adorable. And then one girl got up and her sister was there, who was a little older than she was, and the two of them sang a song. And that was really nice. But uh, the funniest thing that didn't happen is we had two campers, two girls who said they were going to perform. And we asked them, well, what are you going to do for your talent? And one little girl says, well, we're going to laugh. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to laugh? Yes, until we're done. <laughs> I really wish I had done that because yeah. that was really funny. I would have loved to see it, but yeah. they couldn't be convinced. They could not. The day of. I think there was too many people looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I love I love a Wanaki talent show. It was so funny. All the different, there's some really talented kids there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then some of them are just funny and you just laugh because it's so much fun to be with your friends. Yeah. So I guess when Leslie and I were little, I don't think that we were particularly outdoorsy. Um, So I'm wondering, do you have, what would you say to like a parent that was considering sending their kid to camp who may be not really outdoorsy like Leslie and I? Yeah, you know, I've thought about that over the years too, about, about how we weren't that outdoorsy. And I think maybe it's beside the point in some ways. I think there's so much to do at camp and it's so much fun that for those kids who are outdoorsy, that's not a big deal. I mean, you are outdoors the whole time. You're out, you know, you're camp, you're camping and building fires and hiking and canoeing and swimming, but you're with your friends and everybody's doing it. And so it's easy to maybe do something that you might have thought I can't do that, or I never thought about doing that before because you're with a group of people who, and everybody just says, come on, let's go, and you do it. And um, I think you do it sometimes without even thinking about it. So, you know, you're having a good time, and you're walking up the hill, and you're talking, and you're, you know, or or whatever. Um, or maybe it's a chance to do things that maybe maybe your parents, maybe a parent isn't so sporty or good at being out you know going out places and so then you get to have a chance to do something that you you know you as a family hadn't done that's a lot of fun mom that was fun Shani. we um have one last question which is how we end all of our interviews and that is what is one lesson that you learned at camp well i learned a lot about love and acceptance at camp um that's one of the you know hallmarks of Wanaki. I think that everybody loves about about camp, but also because I'm always starving is to eat in the dining hall no matter what, no matter what, no matter what it is, because you just can't go in there and open it up and get yourself a snack. Mm-hmm. I remember one morning for breakfast, I wasn't really, um, I don't know what they would have had, maybe scrambled eggs or something, which isn't my favorite. But these were in the days of Dave. This was, yeah, when, when I was a you and me kid. You, yep. And he had this big, it looked like a cauldron, like a witch's cauldron of um, oatmeal. And that was the most delicious oatmeal I've ever tasted. <laughs> he probably put a whole bunch of butter and brown sugar in there, but it was yummy. So then after that, I always eat oatmeal for breakfast. Oh, great. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Lastly, Nicole speaks with her mom, Sue Richards. Well, welcome to the podcast, Mother. I would love it if you would introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know how you first came to Wanaki and a bit about your involvement over the years. 
Well, hi, honey. My name is Susan Richards, and I started coming to Wanakee after um, my family and I moved to Belmont, New Hampshire, way back in 1968, in the middle of fourth grade, which was really hard. We started going to the Guilford United Methodist Church and found out about Wanakee there. And so I went to the first camp and there wasn't much at that time. Most of it was all Christian adventure. So that's where I went. And then after that, my last year as a camper, I went to Pioneer Camp in 1974. Chris and Marilyn Ives were my counselors. And Mar and then back in um, 1981, Marilyn called me kind of out of the blue and asked me if I would help with swim camp, which I was kind of shocked at because I wasn't a teacher and she had remembered and liked how I swam. So she asked me to assist. So the first year I did that and loved it. And then she encouraged me to become a Red Cross swimming instructor. So I did that. And then she conned me into becoming co-director with her and her son, Greg, for years and years and years. It was basically kind of a family adventure for both the Ives family and ours, because as you kids grew, you each went through swim camp. And I know you graduated from level seven and... I think Erica might have too. I'm, I can't remember if Craig did, but it was just, it was kind of cool having your kids do the same thing that I did, being invited to come after you guys graduated from swim camp after eighth grade and then coming back in the, and the same thing happened with uh, other campers that we had. We had returning campers all the time, which was neat. Way back then, because there wasn't much, we also had two different events. We had a foresight event in July and a two-site event in August. And then, you know, we did that for years. But basically what happened was there became more specialty camps. Taking swimming lessons was became more and more prevalent. Back when Marilyn first came up with the idea, it wasn't offered very, very many places. And then it became prevalent as well as um, inexpensive. So, and people wanted to go to other specialty, ex more exciting camps than swim camp. So we ended and then I still wanted to be a director. So I created Pies R Us for, and we did that for a couple of years, which was a blast. I was a counselor for only one year and that was an interesting adventure. One of the, the things that I remember most about the early years of swim camp is that the campers used to come back year after year after year. And one of the first year that one of these campers came, he um, just didn't want to go. His mother tricked him into coming to swim camp because she told him that he'd get to swim twice a day. She neglected to tell him that it was going to be for lessons. And he just, you know, had a hard time and stuff. As the week progressed, he got into it, and then he ended up being one of the people that kept coming back and stuff. And then he happened to be the co-counselor for my one and only year of volunteering, and that was Mr. Matt Manser. And it was just a pleasure watching him grow and mature, and I'm really, really happy that his mom tricked him <laughs> to come to swim camp that first year. I think he is, too. <laughs>
Yeah. I mean, I think something that I have always found really special and unique at Wanaki is the way that the generations, the generations are not necessarily parent, child and grandchild. You don't have to wait 40 years for there to be these levels of generations. And like your campers have campers after just a couple of years, if they become staff members and so on, but also going from a going from a position where you have been the director for this person to working alongside them is something that is also really special when you volunteer for long periods of time where you you have campers that you were responsible for in a previous life and then suddenly they're adults and working alongside you i think that's something that i find really special and yeah it's just exemplified that that is not anything new at wanaki that's something that we've been doing for decades no, and I think the hugs in those particular cases are even greater. You know, Wanaki for me means hugs and love, but I think it's um, extra special when you get to see those people grow and mature. And, you know, every time you see them, it just kind of gets in your heart. I was also on the site board and facilities committee. And the interesting thing about that is there are a lot of people that we became long-term friends with. One of these, as you know, is kind of an intergenerational thing. So, you know, it really didn't matter kind of how old you were. It was just nice. And coming back to the barbecue was like old home day. So that was neat and lots of hugs and meeting old friends and new friends. The only time that I missed swim camp was one year to get married and one year after I had you. I'm sorry that you had to miss it because of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the family connection and the the relationship there is something that I have also shared on the podcast has been very special to me to have that involvement and to have the opportunity to come to Wanaki as a youth leader after I finished swim camp after eighth grade, uh, or even after sixth grade, I was able to come and instead of just being a, a regular staff kid, just uh, causing trouble, helping other kids to learn how to swim was a, was a good use of the time for the August session. Yeah, that's right. So you mentioned that it was special. So I know Craig, my older brother, and Erica, my older sister, uh, Erica was also the waterfront director actually for a couple of years and lifeguard. So she was also there to help when at some points when I was either a camper or maybe a youth volunteer. But what, what was it like for you to be at camp, both acting as an event director and as a parent at the same time? Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. You know, going to camp, I could be a kid. And as you know, I kind of like to cause a little bit of trouble here and there. Have fun is what actually really have fun is what it really is. <laughs> yeah, you are, you're known for rabble rousing a little bit with some staff members, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> No, we won't talk about the bell. We won't talk about any of that stuff. Mm -mm. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to tell you too was uh, we always did swim camp with footnotes when Sue Rudolph and other people were doing that. It was so much fun. So we, we got to know the Rudolph kid and we enjoyed each other's company so much that we didn't want the summer to end. You know, we were there one week, but it was, it was just so much fun that we created Big and Little Weekend down at family camp. And it was it was cool because there were five Rudolphs and five Richards. And so that made one whole site down there. And 
we really wanted to be together. So it really didn't matter if we had any campers, we were going to have a great time. And, and that was, that was really cool too. So we were at family camp and, you know, that was the source of um, a lot of neat kids um, and families coming to, you know, being in the dining hall, playing games. Um, that was really fun too. And it was a whole different level of leadership because it was, you know, if people wanted to join in, they could. And, and if they didn't, that was okay too. They could have their own family time. So it wasn't, uh, we weren't having to be on all the time as directors. So that was, that was just really cool. There's also many friendships, family friendships that are formed during those times. Yeah, lifetime, you know, and watching uh, kids grow up as campers and then as LITs and then as volunteers and staff people. Um, I just, I still remember Erica's um, version of the Wicked Witch. Were you there that? Yes. <laughs> when we were doing um, Waste Watchers and uh, yeah, that was, that was really fun. Her leaping over the counter. <laughs> Would you describe what, what Waste Watchers is for our listeners? We wanted to basically eat whatever food we took. We were kind of being conscious of waste. So we were paying attention to that. And I think we may have collected all of it, but then it kind of, it was supposed to be an idea to show everybody, you know, to encourage everybody to just be better stewards of, you know, paying attention to what they were eating, but then it kind of became competition <laughs> between the different sites. So it kind of faded away because that, because Wanaki is not about competition. No, but there were many skits from staff members during the presentation. The skits were hysterical. <laughs> oh, well, we should go on the skits. Uh, we spoke with Marilyn Ives about skit night, which was a swim camp tradition. You have any favorite memories from skit night? Not about the regular skit night, but when I was on the site board, the uh, people that were on the site board also were great people to be on because not only did we do things, but we had a blast, uh, you know, doing them. And so we came up with this skit to do a takeoff on Gilligan's Island. Were you a staff member then? Yes, and I have a photo that I will share with yeah. our listeners. Yeah, so do I. Yep. So I was uh, Mary Ann, and we, at that point, that was uh, the site board used to put on a meal just before the opening of camp, and it was just kind of our way to welcome everybody and stuff but oh my gosh that was hysterical ray carpenter was there and jim mcphee was there as well and rich rudolph and carrie way my wonderful husband your wonderful dad phil paul Pemis. gosh gilligan was a hysterical pastor but i it's uh, murray nickerson yes and regina bowler Play, she had a blast playing Ginger. It, that was the, the fun one that I remember. Is there any favorite Wanaki tradition that you have? I actually love the circle, the ending circle, singing grace and peace to each other when we're holding hands and looking around the circle. And there's just so much smiling. I mean, it's 
sad because we're leaving, but it's just, that's one of the traditions as well as singing up and down the hill at nighttime. Does that still happen? Yes, it does. That was, yeah, from the, starting from the farmhouse or wherever that may have evolved a little bit too, but that was always fun singing from site to site up and down the hill. So that was a good one. Before we get right to the end, there is one question that I had for you, and that is one of the things that I learned as a swim camper was the importance to include everybody in the in the community. And one of the things that we do at the end of swim camp is you give out the Red Cross cards to the campers that have made it through the level and if they haven't sort of their cheat sheet or study sheet so that they can potentially pass that in the future. Before the card ceremony, you always tell the campers there's a certain way that we recognize each camper that comes forward to get their card. Would you share that with our listeners? Oh my gosh, honey, I had totally forgotten about that. Oh my gosh. This was uh, something that I learned in my Mary Kay life. <laughs> and that was, I taught everybody, you kind of have to scrunch your shoulder, you know, get ready, scrunch your shoulders a little bit, you know, bend over a little bit, get your hands really close together. And what we're going to do, we're going to do two things. We're going to clap really fast and we're going to say this word. So we would go, as loud as we could for every person whether they passed or not and of course we had to practice that I had totally forgotten that honey I'm surprised uh, that you remembered that well it was it made a big impact on me because you always would preface it and say that we want to make sure that we recognize the first person as much as we recognize the last person yeah I was pretty good wasn't I you were good (laughs) you're still good Are there any particular stories that you want to share with our listeners? Any memories that stand out for you that you want to share? The biggest one, obviously, is that your dad and I are a Wanaki love story. (laughs) We met um, as campers in 1974, my last year going to camp when Chris and Marilyn Ives were counselors. And then seven years went between that and I came back. That was when Marilyn roped me into coming back to swim camp for the first year. And Erica and I came, she was little. And outside was this nice looking man who was uh, playing football with Erica. And Marilyn knew he was going to be there. So she kind of calls herself the matchmaker on, on this this whole thing. So... Um, I went outside and and he didn't have a volunteer. So I did my swim camp stuff with Marilyn and then went went to help him uh, direct Pioneer Camp up on the Palhimas property. And then afterwards, you know, we got together and we were engaged before Thanksgiving. And then, like I said before, I missed the (laughs) next year because we got married in August. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. Obviously, God knew what he was doing when he put both of us there. And I think that's one of the life lessons is if you're called to go to Wanaki, go. Because you don't know why. You may not know why, but God does. Thank you for sharing that, Mom. You're welcome, sweetie. It's nothing you haven't heard before. Once or twice. (laughs) On occasion. So ladies, what was it like for you talking to your mom about your, uh, for some of them, their first start at Wanaki was also your first start at Wanaki. What was the, what was that like thinking back to those early days with uh, 
with your with your mothers it was so fun to talk to my mom to hear about how she decided to bring us to camp I forgot that she went to um, camp herself when she was younger so that was fun to hear that story and also just meaningful um, to hear her favorite memories from like when she got to be a camper yeah it was just really great to get to reminisce with my mom and hear a little bit more about her thoughts on the camping experience and about volunteering um, and it was just a really a really sweet conversation to have and I loved listening to you guys' interviews with your moms um, it was fun to hear from Melissa I think that I was in that site with the CAMP but I totally hadn't remembered that until right now I also loved learning more about your mom, Nicole, um, and about her long connection to camp. I just love to hear those kinds of stories. For me, it was really sweet to hear the stories for from each of each of your parents. I think the hearing about your mom's cabin experience, uh, Shannon, uh, as a you and me on the hill camper and trying to figure out where the latrines were and those things. It's a very familiar story. And I, I was really struck, Amelia, when your mom said that she always made a point to pick you and your brother up from camp because she just had to hear your stories from the week right away before they had sort of been spoiled by you telling them to other people first. And she just, it was how important it was for her to have that time with you and how special that is as a family to be able to kind of round out those experiences together. And, and then for me, being able to talk with my mom, we talk about camp all the time. And as I kind of reflect back on our family connection to camp. I, I see my, my commitment to Wanaki in a similar way as I know my mom has had over the years. And, um, you know, we've both served in similar capacities and it's, it's really special to be able to share that with, um, with my mom. So I'm really grateful to have been able to interview her and, and share a bit of her story with, uh, with our listeners. And we just want to thank you listeners so much for joining us for this bonus episode. We hope you'll tune in to our next episodes to hear more from Wanaki Voices. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at Wanaki NH or visit our website, wanaki.org. Grace and peace.